We're going to be talking about spiritual gifts in the context of what I believe Scripture really teaches, and that is it's a group endeavor. It's a together thing. If you haven't been coming to the, to the foundations class at 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings, right back over here, Kathy Bolivia, you saw her doing the announcements and offering. She does uh, the class. She leads that. Did a great job. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be digging in a little deeper on what is spiritual gifts. What does that mean? And how do I get one, right? And what do I do with it once I do get one? And all of these things, we're going to be looking and digging a little bit deeper. So I encourage you at 9 o'clock over the next few weeks to come and be a part of that. But uh, this morning, first of all, let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9. And I want us to look, I'm sorry, verse 10. I want us to look this morning at, uh, we're going to use this morning as kind of a jumping off place for spiritual gifts. How many of you would say you are fairly certain you know at least one of your spiritual gifts? Raise your hand. Okay. Pretty good amount. How many of you would be interested in getting more than one spiritual gift? (laughs) All right. I would say this. This is the one time in Christianity and in Scripture where you can get greedy. You can get a little greedy. You can can go for more. And I don't don't know, but... uh, Whatever God has for me, I want all that he has for me. Amen. And uh, spiritual gifts is one of those things. And so we're going to use this morning kind of as a jumping off place in terms of spiritual gifts. Why don't you stand with me one more time today as we read scripture together? (laughs) Are you ready? I want you to get your finger out. Everybody get your finger out. All right. Do it like this. And let's read it together. Each of you, now go ahead and just point it at people all around you. Each of you, and then now point it right at yourself. (laughs) Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And again, looking around, various forms. You see various forms today? (laughs) Right? All of us are various forms. Amen. So, Lord, we love you today, and thank you so much for what you are about to do in this place. God, I thank you that you have allowed us to come through a season of being thankful for all of the things you've given us, and we are thankful for that. But now, Lord, we look to the future, and we look to what you have more for us. And Father, in this next season where it's about giving of gifts and receiving of gifts, Father, allow us in these next few weeks to have revelation knowledge of exactly what you have for us. Lord, not to be satisfied with what we have, but create in us, even from the very beginning, a hunger and a desire for more. Father, to fulfill our destiny, to fulfill our legacy as fathers and mothers and sisters and brothers. Father, as this church that you've planted here in Gurney, God, give us a glimpse of what it will look like for us to fully function in every capacity, and the gifts you desire to give us. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before you sit down, just put your hand on the person next to you and just say more, more. Just bless them. Say more, more in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now you can sit down. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I want to start at the very beginning of that verse It says, each of you. One of the things I found as I've walked this path, this journey, these 39 years, as I've walked this earth, 
Nothing? Okay. As I walked this earth, <laughs> 29? Is that better? <laughs> One thing I've learned in the church and being around Christian people, it, it's, a, it's a negative. I'm just going to be honest with you. That we settle for way less than what God has provided for us. We settle for far too little when God actually wants to give us more and more and more. It talks in the Bible about glory upon glory upon glory, right? That there's so much more that God has for us, but I believe that the enemy tries to attack us, and he, 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 he loves to shoot out and to point out our insecurities, doesn't he? Like we're not enough or somehow, you know, we've failed in the past. I love talking about the blood of Jesus just hitting everybody. Thank you, Chirito, for that, for that, being obedient with that. Because you know what? The red blood of Jesus really does make us white as snow. And the Bible says he remembers our sins no more. Why in the world are we remembering things he's forgotten? It's kind of dumb. Isn't it? It really is dumb. And I think Christianity could, could use a little burst of smart, <laughs> you know, to get a little smarter with this thing. If Jesus has forgotten it, how many of you believe it's time for us to move on from it? Because I think one of the things that limits us from spiritual gifts is when we feel insecure or inferior to somebody else. Right? Have you ever had those thoughts? Oh, I could never do that. They blah, 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 blah. They lead this thing, or I could never sing like that person, or I could never play electric guitar like Ted. You know, I could never, I could never run sound like Andrew does, man. He's a, he's a genius with that stuff, right? I was talking to, in the class today, we started talking about something, and, uh, I, I, and, and Don said something about becoming a pastor. Like, you know, I think he was joking around at first, but actually, it's, it's actually true. <laughs> in my last church in Sox, in Sox Center, Minnesota, when I lived there, bless you, when, when, uh, when I was there, the last couple years I was there, there was a man, and he was old. He was actually retiring from his whatever he'd been doing. And I forget how old he was exactly, but I think he was in his 50s, you know, like older anyway. Older like Mike, 39. He was 39, I promise. I promise. Okay, let's just say he wasn't a spring chicken, right? Let's just say he wasn't out of high school. He wasn't looking for his first job, okay? He had already done a bunch. Of, and, and he felt God called him into the ministry. And so he began pursuing it. And God really began to, to do some really cool things in him. And, and ultimately, I ended up bringing him on as an intern, <laughs> a 57-year-old intern in, in the church because his desire was to be a pastor. And I thought, that is really cool. And I reminded the, the class this morning, you know, like if Abraham didn't really get started till he was 100, you know, he didn't have his first kid till he was 100. You know, how many of you know we're less than 100? Anybody here less than 100, <laughs> right? God wants to use us, and I'm pretty sure he wants to take off our blinders and our insecurities and our inferiorities and our thoughts on what could or should be and begin to say yes. Can we just practice this morning? Just close your eyes and just say yes to God. Just say yes. Uh, 
Don't get scared. Yes is a powerful word. Yes is a scary word. Because it involves letting go. If you still want to say yes, go ahead and say it again. Yes. Each of you, each of you should use whatever gifts. You know, it's interesting. God always deals with us as individuals. In the Passion Translation of 1 Peter 4.10, it actually says every believer, every believer, all of us are called to do some things supernaturally for the kingdom. One of the things I want, we're going to talk about more as we move into this, spiritual gifts are not natural talents. How many of you have natural talents in some areas? Right? You just do. We get Ed, you know, Mr. Not Kung Fu. What is it? What is, I forget. Martial arts. There we go. Martial arts, man, he's talented. He can do all his things. You need somebody to go take out somebody's kneecaps. He's your guy. Just kidding. <laughs> Some people can draw, some people can sing, some people have all these natural talents, and those are amazing and wonderful, and God has given us those things. But I want to remind us, those are not spiritual gifts, because a natural gift is something we have already. A supernatural spiritual gift is something that involves Holy Spirit power, all right? Now, sometimes they double up, and we'll talk about that another time, but each of you, every believer has spiritual gifts. Psalms 139. Uh, I want us to just take a look at it real quick. Psalms 139 verse 13 says this, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Now this is the psalmist David, and he's writing about, about, about God. It's a huge praise. 139 is an awesome chapter in Psalms. If you haven't read it in a while, I encourage you to do that. But at this point in the Psalms, he begins to talk about how God knew everything about him before he ever started. He says, you created me, my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. He says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And how does he know that? Because he's going, hey, you made me amazing. <laughs> Go ahead, just tell yourself. You're amazing. I am amazing. Go ahead. Say it. <laughs> say it with a little conviction this time, people. Come on. I am amazing. Bible says it. He says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I have a book on my shelf, and it says fearfully and wonderfully weird. So that could be true for some of us as well. But I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. <laughs> All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. You understand what he's saying there? He's thanking God for God having thoughts about him. Right? He's thanking God for his thoughts of God's thoughts. And I want to just tell you something. God is thinking about you right now. His thoughts are towards you right now. 
here's the deal. The next few weeks, this is going to be the deal. You're going to have to get over your insecurities and your, your, your thoughts about yourself or what other people have thought about you and begin to embrace this foundational thing that God made you and he thinks you're awesome. And he's literally, the God of the universe is thinking about you right now. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast the sum of them. He's got tons of great thoughts about you. And he says, were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. God made you, and he thinks you're amazing. God made you, and he didn't just make you. He made you and started thinking about you, and thinking about you, and thinking about you, and thinking about you. And I want you to imagine every thought of God is a grain of sand. And now in your mind, picture the longest beach you can think of. That's his thoughts towards us. Anybody want to just say, wow, with me? <laughs> I think you're with me, right? Wow. Right? Your thoughts towards me are this incredible sum. And even from the earliest moments of conception, you had thoughts and you had plans and purposes for me laid out. I love that verse in Jeremiah. He says, for I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper and give you hope in a future and all that stuff, right? He says, I know the plans I have for you. He says, John, I got plans for you. I got thoughts towards you. There's things I want you to accomplish. I don't care if you're 39 already. I want to use you, right? Vernon, he's got plans and thoughts for you. There's things he wants to do. Walter, he's got thoughts and plans for you, my brother. He has things he wants to give you to accomplish fully everything that he has in store for us. I don't know about you guys, but when I get all done with my days... I want to have fulfilled every single thing and every single plan that God had for me. Yeah? Remember that phrase at the, at the judgment day, and it says, well done, my good and faithful servant. I will tell you, one of the ways that we learn to be faithful is by embracing his thoughts for us and embracing the gifts that he wants to give us. Amen? Whew. Number two, spiritual gifts are powerful. Spiritual gifts are powerful. Huh. Second part of that verse in First Peter, it says, whatever gift you have received, whatever gift, would it not be the most boring thing if everybody in church was exactly like everybody else. You know? How weird would it be if we were all pastors? You know? It'd be like we'd all be lined up at the front and there'd be nobody sitting you know, in the chairs. How boring it would be if we were just all guitar players. You know? Could you imagine? 
like 60, 70 guitar players, just nobody leading, nobody doing anything else. I kind of felt that way, actually. When I was a youth pastor and I started to learn how to play the guitar, I went down to Sacramento. My brother lives in Sacramento. He, he gave me his ovation. He said, here, learn how to play the guitar. He taught me like three chords. I go back up to Seattle where I'm a youth pastor, and I start leading worship for the youth group with like three chords, two chords probably. And I'm doing these songs. I think pretty soon I learned four chords. Five, pretty soon I'm in different keys. I'm doing, hey, this is not bad. I can do this. And I just kept getting into it, into it. Pretty soon I had a kid walk up to me on YouTube. He goes, Pastor Steve, I want to learn how to play the guitar too. The guitar too. Can you help me? I said, sure, go get a guitar. Learn how to play D and, and A. I'll teach you the same two chords my brother taught me. I teach him this. Pretty soon he's there. He, pretty soon within a couple of weeks he's up on the stage with me. Right? Then about a week later, another kid comes up and says, Hey, Pastor Steve, I want to learn how to play the guitar too. Learn D, learn A. Here's a you know, go get a guitar. Doing. I swear to you, within like two months, it was a mariachi band up on the stage. I had so many kids playing guitar. But you know, it was, it was kind of awesome too because out of that, kids started to learn other instruments. They're like, okay, I don't want to be a mariachi band. Why don't I learn how to play the piano? If I can learn guitar, I can play the piano. If I learn guitar, I can play the bass. Right? Some of you remember uh, Jen Dwyer. Do you know Jen Dwyer, some of you old timers? She was in my youth group, and I remember one time she came up to me, and she said, Pastor Steve, and she, her parents were very musical, if you remember, and uh, she looked at me, and she said, what instrument do you need me to learn for the worship team? And I thought, I don't need another mariachi band. <laughs> I need a bass player. And she said, great, I'm on it. And she went and she learned how to play the bass, and she was an awesome bass player. In fact, she used to play, she ended up playing for North Central Bible College or universities, traveling band and making records and all kinds of stuff. Amazing, Right? But you see, it started with this idea that whatever gift you have received, there was a thing inside of her that said, I think God wants to give me something. And she kind of went through me to get it. But it was obviously, (laughs) it was a God thing. And off she ran, right? See, I believe that if we would simply be open to what God has for us, he's going to give us gifts, whatever gift. If you're in the body of Christ, guess what? You have a gift, at least one. You may not even know it. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be digging in deeper here. We're going to help you come to that place of learning what your giftings are and all that kind of thing. But in the meantime, here's what I want you to do. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to read this passage of Jesus. It's kind of amazing, really. Jesus looks at him one day, his disciples and all those that were following around. And he says this. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. Do you have any idea the power of those two verses we just read? That there is no failure. There's no failure. He says, if you ask, you're going to receive. And actually, you know, some of you have 
learned this before, but that Greek word ask right there in this scripture is a continuing verb. It actually means ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. Like it's, it's actually an ongoing thing. If you will put in the time, you will get the result. That's what that verse is saying. If you ask and you keep on asking, and you knock and keep on knocking and seek and keep on seeking, guess what? Here's the answer. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Do you understand that as receivers of gifts, we actually get to ask for them? If you don't know what your spiritual gifting is, guess what? This week you get to go home and go, God, lay it on me. Uh, I'm gonna, we're going to put some scriptures on the website with this sermon this week. And if you want to go, we're going to give you some, some scriptures to actually read through in terms of spiritual giftings. But guess what? If you, if you don't know what your spiritual giftings are, or if you know what your spiritual gift is and you want more, this verse gives you freedom. These, these verses give you freedom. Hey, ask. Keep on asking. And if you ask, you're going to receive. You want to know all their plans and legacy that God has for you? Just ask them. Hallelujah. <laughs> then the second part of this, verse 9, it says, Which of you, Matthew 7, verse 9, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? That's pretty horrible, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm hungry. Can I have some fish? Yeah, here's a snake. <laughs> That's horrible, right? Of course, God is making a point. Jesus is making a point here. Look, if you ask for something, I'm going to give you the good version of it. I'm not going to give you the nasty, hard, disgusting version of it. I'm going to give you the good version of it, right? If your son asks for bread, who's going to give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, is he going to give him a snake? Then he says this in verse 11. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Man, here's the deal. God is so good and he so loves to give things that in, in most instances, he's going to give us what we need, but what we want, we have to go after. Are you with me? See, sometimes... We just kind of lazy Christian. We just kind of sit back and go, whatever, your will be done, God. <laughs> you know, well, okay. But you know that your will be done, God, is not a lazy prayer. A couple weeks ago, we sang that song, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. You know, when the Bible talks about waiting on the Lord like a deer waits or pants for water, when the, when the Bible talks about that, it's actually an action verb, you know? It'd be the difference between this, oh, I'm waiting on God, whatever, whenever, God, go ahead, versus this. All right, God, I'm ready. What do you got for me? I'm waiting. I'm anticipating. I'm asking. I'm seeking. I'm knocking. I'm ready for it. Whenever you want to do it, whatever you want to give me, I'm ready. <laughs> Big difference, huh? See, that's what God is talking about when he says ask, seek, and knock. He knows the good things he wants to give you. He actually wants you to ask him for it. He wants you to go after it. 
how many of you have kids that at various times they've been struck with the malady of laziness? Anybody have kids like that at all at any time? Put your hands down right back there. Put them down. <laughs> Those are my parents back there. Oh, my, my brother. I get it. Okay, never mind. Uh, <laughs> you know, laziness is a thing, isn't it? And it's a malady. It's actually like a cancerous sickness, right, in your, in your home because you want your kids to be like, what can I do next? <laughs> but more often than not, they're like hiding from you because they don't want you to tell you what to do or something, some chore or something. But you know that with God, it's the same way. Sometimes we just kind of sit back and wait for him to tell us. Why. Here's the deal. Why don't we go after God and say, Lord, you made me. Your thoughts are towards me. You know every single thing about me, and you know every single plan for my life. I don't want you to just know it. I want to know it. Amen? I want to know what your plans and purposes are for me. I know you're a good father. I know you want to give good gifts to me. I know you want to give me spiritual gifts. I know you have desires for me to be supernatural and working in ways that is just going to blow the socks off people around me. I've told you about my numbers thing lately. You know, I'll just see numbers on my, on, my, on my car, you know, on my digital display or on my clock or something. And it just seems like these numbers, and I'll look at them, and all of a sudden, it'll just jolt me. Like Holy Spirit says, pay attention, right? So one of them is 3.33 in the afternoon, or sometimes I wake up at night, 3.33, and immediately, it's the Holy Spirit telling me, Jeremiah 33.3 says this. <laughs> Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Write it down. I'm going to share my numbers with you. <laughs> Oh, my word. How more clear can it get, right? He says, look, call to me. Call to me. Spend a little time with me. Come after me. He says, it, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. I don't, I mean, there's nobody here that knows it all, do we? Right? Except for Ed. But everybody else, we're still, we're still looking, Right? And I love that verse because I'm like, the older I get, the more I know I don't know. Anybody say amen? Some of you youngsters out there? Right? The older I get, like when I was, <laughs> when I was 18, you know, I thought my dad was an idiot. No offense. Probably, probably felt that. And then I got to be 19, and he was still kind of not there, but, you know, then I got to be 20 and 21, and I'm like, man, I can't believe how smart my dad is getting. This is amazing, right? <laughs> and by the time I was 25, I'm calling him up on the phone doing, Dad, you got to help me. I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> right? See, the older I get, the less I relied on my wisdom and the more I relied on his wisdom. And I believe the same is true. As we mature in our faith, it's not enough just to get to heaven, <laughs> When We take communion on Sunday morning. It's not enough just that I've had my sins forgiven, right? It's not enough that I've just, hey, I'm, I'm moving from hell to heaven. Hey, guess what? We get to go into the thing and go, hey, I want to bring a whole bunch of people with me. 
hey, there's some giftings that God has given me, and I'm supposed to use them in a way that, that helps the whole body become what it's fully supposed to be. <laughs> I was talking the other day uh, with Charlotte. You know Charlotte? And she, you know, she's an evangelist. And she is very kind of black or white. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever read any of her Facebook stuff? Like, she is black and white, man. You're either in or out. Jesus loves you. You know, let's get it together, man. And, uh, and she just thinks God is who he says he is. It's unbelievable. Imagine that, right? And it's so funny, though, because as an evangelist, everything with her is through evangelist eyes, right? So we were having a talk, and, and my eyes are a little different, you know. Um, my gifting tends to be more kind of apostolic, pastoral kind of leader thing, okay? So I'm looking through those glasses, and she's looking through her glasses. And we started to have a little thing where we were kind of bumping into each other. And I was trying to explain something to her. Because how many of you know, however, however we think, that's the right way, right? <laughs> Whatever I think. That's, uh, you should think this. You know, this, you, should, you should look through my lenses exactly the same as me. No. See, Charlotte has her glasses, and, and we started talking about this thing of lanes. We started talking about how, hey, you know what? I'm going to stay in my lane, and I'm going to do my thing that God has given me to do, and I want you to stay in your lane, and I want you to do what God has called you to do. And it was like we both had this aha moment, like, oh, you mean like, the fivefold, <laughs> apostles, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, you know, those spiritual gifts, and then some of the other spiritual giftings. See, if we're not careful, we may start to look at the world. How many of you would say you have a gift of hospitality? Anybody here have a gift of hospitality? Okay, go ahead and raise them up high. Let's see. So we got Barb and Sandy and Bob pointing at Lorelei. Okay, it's good. Okay, and over here. Okay. So how many of you totally get excited when people are coming over to your house and you get to get it all pretty and you get to make food and you get to just have fun hanging out with people and making them feel loved. How many of you really, that's your thing? Go ahead and raise your hand. Okay. This is totally not my thing. Okay. So just, but here's the deal. If, (laughs) if God has made you that way and given you that gifting, I release you to run in your lane. Right? Be fully you. You don't have to be me. Mike, are you a hospitality guy? No. You're kind of more of a works of service guy, aren't you? And some of that stuff. Right? So, here's the thing. We're going to have to learn, and we'll be done here. We're not going to get this all done today. But one of the things we're going to begin to look at as God gifts us, as we begin to look at this over the next few weeks, it's going to be so important that we fully embrace God's thoughts for me, and then I fully walk that out. But what that doesn't mean is I get to go in your lane and tell you that how you're doing life should look more like how I'm doing life. Are you with me? Because <laughs> I would say that's probably one of the biggest problems in churches is in our insecurities, we think everybody should think like I do. Right? Right? I'm just going to tell you as your leader right now, I release you to be you. If you're 55 and you want to become a pastor, I bless that. 
Because that's probably not coming from you. That's probably coming from Holy Spirit. Amen. If you're here today and you are starting to get excited about the possibility of doing something different than what you've always done, I, I bless that. I totally bless that. Because I believe that God is beginning to stir up his church. He's beginning to stir us up to fully be the people and the church that he intended us to be. Why don't you stand with me this morning? I think it would be good this morning as we close to, uh, to give God a chance. So here's what I want us to do just for the next couple of minutes. And, uh, hey, Andrew, if you could just put a little bit of soft music on, that would be great. Let's just take a couple of minutes. And I want you to assume the position. Have you heard of this before? <laughs> Get your hands and just, just do like this. So think of yourself like a funnel, you know, like wide at the top and then stuff pouring in. Just go ahead and do that. And then here's, I want you just to ask God a simple question. Are you ready? What do you have for me? Go ahead, just ask him that. Just yourself. This is just, just you and God time. Hallelujah. What do you have for me? start to get distracted, figure out if that's God taking you somewhere or if it's the enemy trying to get you off track. Just repeat that. God, what do you have for me? Holy Spirit, I just release your people, God, from distraction today. I release their minds and their hearts from going anywhere else right now. Just you. What are your thoughts towards me? What are your plans for me, God? What do you have for me? read these verses to you with your eyes closed and your hands upraised. Let me just read these again from Psalms 139. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I'm amazing. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. Your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you.
your thoughts, God, your plans. Thank you, Jesus. So now, Lord, we just bless what you're doing. Bless what you're doing, God. Your thoughts, Lord. With your eyes closed, I'm just going to, I felt like God was highlighting the word quicken in my spirit, like he was quickening the word quicken in me. And quicken in a, in a spiritual sense means that our senses become aware, right? And you get a little jolt, you get a little, man, that's Holy Spirit, or that's God speaking to me. And I, I feel like God would have me just declare over you today that as this week begins to unfold, that God wants to quicken some things in your spirit. You're going to hear uh, some things about different spiritual gifts this week. As you're in the Word, some things you're going to read are going to begin to have lightning on them. They're going to have some, some juice on them. It's going to begin to, you're going to be quickened in your spirit. And, and if that's something you want, just say, Lord, I, I want to be quickened this week. Quicken me. Jolt me. Let something I see or read or a conversation I have, let it have Holy Spirit mojo on it. Let it have Holy Spirit lightning that comes into my spirit. Quicken me, oh God. Hallelujah. Because I want more. I want all that you have for me, God. Amen. Is that your prayer today? Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, Jesus. You know, one of the things that just as when I was growing up, oftentimes God would be dealing with me about something, and I felt like the preacher shut down the service too quick. So what we're going to do is I'm just going to have Andrew keep playing some music. If you want to come and just find a quiet place to pray, we're going to do that. And then if you want to talk and, you know, you can maybe do that out kind of that direction. But if you want to come and just spend a little time in prayer and maybe let Holy Spirit speak to you a little more, I just want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning, all right? So as we close, God bless you. If you want to come and spend a little time, we invite you to come and do that. All right, God bless you in Jesus' name.